It began modestly with the desire to help the homeless and low-income community. Since its days driving throughout the city in a bus filled with clothes, this organization has steadily grown into a fundamental force within the community. From the outside, its humble exterior quietly hides the 30,000 square feet of space that has since become a well-organized collection and distribution center for used goods. Rust Street Ministries is run by three full-time employees who work tirelessly to serve the people in and around San Angelo. But what does it look like to work in an organization that relies solely on the generosity of others? Because if people stop being generous, then the organization ceases to exist. In a way, these three employees are simply stewards of other people's goods, directing them towards those who need them the most. So what does it look like to manage such an enterprise? Today, we talk to the people who do just that. Well, I'd like to start by just having you introduce yourself to the people that are listening. So so why don't we start with you, Brian, and just kind of tell us who you are and what your position is, and then we'll go to Janet and kind of tell us who you are and how long you've been here. So, okay. Uh, Brian Jarvis, I'm the director. I've been here two years, and there are just so many different things I do, but... The main thing is just encourage people, try to keep a spiritual flow going, and love on neighbors and volunteers. Okay. I'm Janet Branham. I've been here six years, and uh, my main job is being the volunteer coordinator. So I'm working with all the different volunteers and finding jobs for them to do. I want to step in and say she does 7,000 other things, too. So, <laughs> so, so, so you have 7,000 volunteers, or there's 7,000 individual jobs? Every day she, she just does an amazing job. You know, a lot of people have, have kind of assumed that this Rust Street is part of, of our church family, and, and it is, but I think for the most part, we know that there's a lot of good things that happen here, but we aren't really sure of what that looks like. We know the end product. We know that people will donate, and we know that there's a lot of great stories, but but what does it take to make even one of these stories come to fruition? You know, what what is involved here? And I know you don't just work one or two days a week. What is it that you do here? Who wants to go first? She's been here longer, so I'll, I'll defer to her. Well, each day starts off different uh, because we don't know what's come in the back door being donated to us. So we start kind of looking through that, moving it about the place to see where it needs to go, if it needs to go over for the tagging people to work, or if it can come straight into the pantry where we can, you know, give it out. It's um, the first two hours, three hours is, is just going here and there it's a lot of running around when the people start coming in the volunteers start coming in that's when it gets fun because you get to visit with everybody and kind of see what their day's like what their weekend's been like um, and then they tell you kind of what they want to do <laughs> what's going on and uh, um, it's, it, it's just different every day because you got so many different personalities I don't think people understand the volume of stuff that we deal with. If they came in one day, today in the back door, we had four cars lined up, a horse trailer full of stuff, half the stuff we couldn't take. And we had to kind of help people make 
let them know we couldn't use it, but then move it from place to place, the people, the volunteers, the neighbors, you know, you go in, you find out what they need, you have to mark what they need, you have to move what they need, it just, there's five people lined up at the clothes line, a volunteer gets sick and can't come in, so that's where she steps in and does a great job. Just the, the, the move, there are so many moving parts, you know, that it's just some days you go from 10 o'clock down in the morning, like she said, of course, I'm working on devotionals, different things. She's doing furniture. It's just me and her here. Mark's running around like a crazy man <laughs> doing what he does. But if you sit down and just walked around and saw all the moving parts, as you say, to get the people what they need, it's really hard to describe because you know, when you have 33,000 square feet, you deal with the volume we deal with there's a system you go through and it can be kind of crazy it's, it's a good crazy but there are so many moving parts it's hard to quantify it and explain it would you consider it something like controlled chaos maybe i wouldn't use the word controlled <laughs> <laughs> i mean we know what we're doing but like today we had all this stuff in the back and then there were probably 30 people when we opened the doors up. We did probably 50 or 60 people we today. Uh-huh. And and just, it's just going and you're trying, and you and the main thing is we want to love on people. We want them to feel the presence of the spirit. We want them to know they matter, but you don't want people sitting out there for two hours. And so everyone's just moving and we want to get our, our folks are you know, senior saints and we want to get them a break when they can stop and get a drink of water and get something to eat. So. But the, the the people here have the most beautiful spirits. No one complains. We get after it, and we just want the neighbors to know you get personal attention, you matter, and this is a gift from God, not from us. But, yeah, I would just, you have to come up. I can sit and explain it to you. Just come up and follow us one day. It's kind of like you as a preacher. Many people will say, well, Scott works an hour and a half a week. Well, come with me on Monday through Friday and follow me all day long. And they'll go, man, you couldn't explain it to them unless they went. Yeah, it's always different. It's always different. We we have a structure, but it's, uh, God makes it happen, but it's just cool to watch, but it sometimes can get out of hand, (laughs) but but it always gets done because we got great people who love the Lord and work hard. Now, one thing we do hear about is the, the visitors who come in. We hear about those stories where people's lives are changed. And, you know, we hear about the people who give and like the little kids who come in with the change in their pockets mm-hmm. to you. Those are, those are great stories. But but you deal with a lot of the volunteers each and every day, Janet. What what are some stories about transformation in those people's lives? Have you seen any really neat things with the volunteers who come in? We just had one the last two and a half, three months. Had a volunteer that came. Uh, she's going through a difficult time in her life, and um, she just needed a place to be to to reconnect with people. Uh, she had kind of been betrayed, and so she was really going through a rough time. And uh, she was a volunteer that probably could have interviewed for me, but she didn't feel comfortable being up up front. And so I took her to the back where the tagging ladies are. You got Pearl A, Gretna, Wilma, Wanda, all of those good old ladies that and, and when I say old ladies I say that respectfully. 
you know, Wilma's 95, Perlay's 90, Ike's 92. Mm. You know, so you've got you've got all these good old people that are volunteering and helping in different ways. Well, this this gal that came, she was probably in her late 40s, and uh, so she started working with them over there. Uh, she came to me about two weeks ago, and she said, today's my last day. She said, I have got a, a job, and I won't be coming back. And uh, so I, I told her goodbye. I wrote her a letter thanking her for her help, and uh, she wrote me a letter back. And I don't get real emotional about things, but I sat down and read that letter, and I took it immediately to the back to those ladies to read part of it to them. She listed every one of their names, and she said what a difference they had made in her life. Uh, She said, when I was going through the darkest time of my life, they made me realize that there are still good people and, and she said, that's what Rush Street is. And uh, it just made me stop and realize, hey, you can't go as fast as you've been going uh, because we do move fast for four hours every day. And, uh, and that, was, that made all the difference in her life. And uh, it, it was really, it was good because she knew that Pearl A. loved her. She knew that Wilma, uh, she was thankful for her for taking the extra time to, to be patient with her. And uh, I wanted the volunteers to know what a difference they made in other volunteers' lives, mm-hmm. not just in the neighbors' lives. Yeah. I'll tell you another story, and she wouldn't mind me saying her name. Her name is her name is Georgia. She uh, She's in her 80s, and she... Yeah, had retired and was kind of sitting around <laughs> and said she needed something to make her feel alive again. And she came back. She came here three months ago, four months ago, maybe. And Janet, you know, we want to make sure we do it pace where um, we don't want them here every day because, you know, wear them out. It, it, it goes pretty fast. We say maybe a couple of days a week. Georgia would come five days a week, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and she just said, this has brought life to me again. And she loves on people and prays with people. But again who gets the most out of it the, the way that we we minister to each other and it's it's not just the neighbors people ask me all the time they'll say hey brian what do you do i got the coolest job in the entire city just give stuff away or all day long with people who love others <laughs> so the ministry that happens within us you know me mark and janet i mean i believe in them not just as workers but as, as people but they're the real deal they make my job easy now, Mark is the third amigo that is not actually here, right? What does he do? What is his specific job? Mark? Mark. Everything. <laughs> everything. Uh, Mark gets here so much earlier than the rest of us. Uh, there's a, a lot of things that has to be done. And, and when... Set up stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. set up. And when, when you're here, when all the volunteers are here, you get stopped and started and stopped and started. <clears throat> And uh, so Mark comes in a lot earlier than the rest of us. Uh, I get here about eight. Uh, he gets here two hours before that at least, and uh, starts bringing stuff over from from the freezer to the to the refrigerators and freezers in the pantry. 
he restocks that area. Um, he he moves everything. I mean, we couldn't, we wouldn't be near as organized if we didn't have him. He he keeps everything put up in its place. When we need to go get shoes for someone, we know exactly where that size is, where they are, whether it's men's or women's, and um, he he keeps us moving. So he has the whole layout of this place in his in his brain. Mm-hmm. He knows specifically where everything is. There's 33,000 square feet, <laughs> and and that's our total of warehouse space. And he has it. He cares about this and treats it better than he would his own property. And all the little things like a leak or moving this or fixing that and projects. I mean, that's his. You know, we have to have behind the scenes people who are critical, as you know, from a ministry standpoint. But he just gets every tiny little thing done from a physical plant standpoint that is just astronomically important. What I love about this whole story of of Rust Street, um, to me, it's kind of summed up in the fact that that you guys care more for things that have been cast away than most people care for things that are brand new. I mean, everything you'll have is, has been cast away. Even this building, to some extent, has just been kind of... They used to sell liquor here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing to me that what God can do with the castaway if you take care of it. And that's what I see from y'all. So y'all work together well? Y'all, y'all are pretty good. Is there anything you need to air out right now? On, on... <laughs> her, I think her remark kind of allowed them to get me, so I'm thankful to them. But they, had, they had a bunch of people, from what I understand, that they had to look through. and you know, they, they scraped the bottom of the barrel and chose me, so I, I, I thank them for that. Again, what can God do with That's those words? That's cast away. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So uh, just for those people that are listening, we just got another minute or two. What is it that, that you want people to remember about just what it is that you do? You know, what can people take away from from you know because you guys aren't going to be here forever what happens when these positions become vacant Mm -hmm. what is it about this job that that really fulfills you you know what you just said we're not going to be here forever Uh, bob knox was the director before brian and bob told me that exact thing and i looked at rush street because when bob was here we were it was when i got first got here we were going through a lot of uh, construction work. And I looked at it, Brian, Elliot, and Gina got to help start Rush Street in its baby stages. And then David Geddings came along as the director and he brought counseling into us and, and, and grew us further. And then when Bob got here, they saw the need for us to expand because we were in just one little tiny building and and he was able to help us get the expansion done and uh, get the buildings where we could use them in a good way and uh, then when he retired then we got Brian who's been here to help us with the spiritual growth and so each director that we've had has taken us to a next step and and that's why it's like you said we won't always be here there'll be somebody else that'll take it further yeah, right, right. uh 
they've always they've always <coughs> said if God wants us to do it, then it'll happen. And the money for the expansions came, and uh, it, it's just grown by leaps and bounds about what we've been able to do because of all the people in the community and and uh, all the volunteers and uh, God wants it done. Mm. I guess if she just said, my thought is, is this is a, we can get caught up in the numbers. We can give you some pretty gaudy numbers about people served and things, but we care about the soul. My favorite part of the day is I get to do a devotional every morning. And, you know, you think people are going to say, oh, you know, we got to hear this. And they seem to kind of enjoy it. <laughs> and often I'll ask them, I'll say, I shall tell them, I'll say, I looked up in the American Medical Association Journal. And I looked up the human mortality rate. And guess what it is? And they all look around and I said, it's 100%. <laughs> we want them to know that we care about their soul more than anything. You're here today. You don't have to have anything spiritual done. You can get whatever you want. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. He's the answer. He's the reason. We care about your physical needs. We care more about your soul. And that's the primary thing I want known about Rush Street Ministries. It's not just to give stuff out. We want you saved. We want you redeemed for all of eternity. And we're going to tell you the gospel. And we're going to love on you. And the Holy Spirit runs this place. And this goes for volunteers and for volunteers clients. Volunteers and, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you a neat story. Ron the bike guy, a volunteer. You know, he hears, he really never made a commitment to Christ yet. After about a year, hearing a Devo every morning, he comes in. And we're in the pantry over here. And he walks up to me. He goes, Brian. He said, I don't think I've ever been baptized. I said, well, Ron, then you haven't. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? I said, Ron, when you're, when you're baptized into Christ, when the, the moment you make that eternal decision, you'll never forget it the rest of your life. And we talked about it and studied. And a few days later, he said, I'm ready. And so I said, well, do you want to do it now? Or I said, what a great thing to do in front of the church. Ron went in front of the entire church. It was January 23rd of 2017. He was baptized. And here's the great part of that story. Ron has a scraggly old beard, right? He shaved it for the first time in 10 years when the day he got baptized. Well, January 23rd of this year, he came in, and he was clean shaven. I said, Ron, you're looking pretty today. And he goes, you don't remember what today is, do you? And I go, no, I don't. He goes, it was one year ago today that I was baptized. I said, see, I told you. Once you make that commitment right. and you die to yourself and are baptized into Christ, you never forget it. And he's here grinning and serving. He's at Johnson Street every Sunday morning. Man, to God be the glory. Yeah. It's amazing. And I know we could sit here and talk and talk and talk about stories. But but I think I wanted to just let our people know that these stories are possible because we have people who are willing to serve. So I, I appreciate what you do. And, and I know a lot of our people appreciate what you do, even though they may not have known before today what that was. <laughs> so hopefully they get a little big, bigger picture or an idea of what it is that you guys uh, are able to do each and every day. But I think, thank you for talking and uh, you can tell Mark, thanks for, you know, not being here. <laughs> Apparently he was not willing to do this. Is that right? Is that how that, that, he, that, how that shook his out? His gift is behind the scenes. <laughs> well, and he was going to be on vacation this week. Right, now right. some things have fallen through, so he may be here later this That's year. okay. But he went on vacation because he had to get on the podcast. That may have been right. <laughs> That's right. Any, any, any blackmail stories before we leave? Or Mark? 
Yeah, He's good. Mean. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Thank you. To hear more from Johnson Street Church of Christ, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or simply visit us at johnsonstreetchurch.org.